Welcome to The Bear and the Ball. I am Nick Webster, part of the Board of Directors of Cal South. This week on the Bear and the Ball podcast, we have a fascinating topic to delve into, the world of concussions. And for this very reason, I've brought three experts along who are masters of their own domain. Joe Flanagan, a national champion at the collegiate level with Cal State Dominguez Hills. Kevin Smith, coach of Orange Coast College and owner of ProAct and Guido Sindowski, athletic trainer and also an owner of ProAct. And just a little, little tidbit for you, Joe and Kevin were teammates on the LA Salsa <laughs> about 3,000 years ago. So that <laughs> they are dinosaurs. <laughs> Gentlemen, let's get straight into this because the, the world of concussions is, is pretty mysterious actually. And I'll, I'll start off the, the discussion with a, a little anecdote of my own. So we're going to go way back. I'm, I'm a dinosaur as well. 37 years ago, and it's a, it's a cold, wet English uh, afternoon. Uh, rain's coming in sideways, howling wind. And uh, the goalkeeper sent up this towering punt. And you know, I'm, I'm a strapping center back. Thought I was pretty good in the air. And uh, as the bulls, I'm tracking it, I'm tracking it, and I got for a header, and then everything goes black. And uh, I come around, and my my eyebrows like on the other side of my face, and there's blood pouring down, and I'm just like, what what on earth is going on here? And I, I look out the corner of my eye, and the, and the trainer's running on, and he's and he's got the bucket, he's got a little bucket, and there's water and ice, and and the sponge, the magic sponge. I mean, we all remember those. <laughs> He gets the magic sponge out and he, he wipes me down and he goes, well, look, Nick, we haven't got any subs, so you've got to keep playing. <laughs> so, of course, yeah, I, I, play the, I play the game. Don't remember a thing about it. And in the, in the classic English way, at the end of the game, they cut me off the hospital in just like 15 stitches in my eyebrow. And then, uh, of course, uh, <laughs> went down the pub and had like eight pints. And... Uh, <laughs> And that was that was probably the first the first uh, the first time I can honestly say that I had, you know I had a concussion and you know my, my ears are ringing ever since and so um, I'm pretty sure that over the course of my career I've I've, I've definitely sustained uh, other as we like to say bell ringing um, so I'm not the medical expert here Guido is Guido why are my ears still ringing 37 years later. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's difficult to say that, but, uh, you know, um, the, the problem with concussions is, has been that people get a concussion and it doesn't get diagnosed accurately. And then an athlete will return to play before that concussion is healed. And then they might sustain another concussion. And over a long playing career, you do that over and over and over again, you start to have some of these long lasting symptoms like ringing in your ear, dizziness, loss of memory, that kind of stuff. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of what um, the evolution of concussion management has allowed us to do is, you know, sort of recognize that people have been having trouble identifying when an athlete should return to play. And so we put these protocols into place that help us diagnose a concussion more accurately and uh, better, you know, pinpoint when an athlete should be returning to participation. Um, we do see a lot of, of what you're talking about and, and, it seems like some of that has been better managed now because we've, like I said, been able to better diagnose these concussions. Now, I understand that, yeah, obviously, Joe and Kevin, former teammates, uh, 
from a, from a, from another person. I heard that the <laughs> pair of you are donkeys and ran into each other quite often. So cool. I'm sure you've given each other concussions. Joe, in, in your playing career, how many times do you think you've, you know, had your bell rung and then you've just um, continued playing? I know there's at least twice that I kind of blacked out in the game um, based on a, and it wasn't really from the ball. It was from an elbow or a shoulder or whatever. So there was a couple of times, one time in college, one time outside of college that I remember going down and, and coming back to, and, and you kind of just got on with it. Like you said, it's uh, and you know, there, it was lack of knowledge really, you know, and that's all you know, the coach, whether it was a coach, there was no, not really a trainer outside of, outside of college. But I think, uh, you know, you felt like you got your bell rung. You didn't think of concussion, um, and uh, and now we know as coaches, you know, that we've, you know, I've been coaching for, you know, over 30 years now. And and you see some of the, you know, there's some, you know, I've had I have stories like one, I was coaching a girl one time and she came off at halftime and she said, when did, when did we change uniforms? And we're like, wait, whoa. <laughs> so, you know, you, you know that there's other stuff going on there. And, and you know, when you do coach kids and, and you know, year, year after year, it's, it obviously is a, it happens and it's something we have to deal with. Kevin, obviously you're, you're, you're a collegiate coach, but you know, within the pro games uh, quite recently, you know, we, we've seen uh, players go up for challenges and, and obviously look really dizzy. And, and the, the one that actually springs to mind most recently was a uh, uh, Mane in the African cup of nations. And he went with the goalkeeper and I mean, he hit the ground like he'd been punched by, you know, Lennox Lewis or something. And yeah, incredibly, you know, he comes off the field and they go, oh, yeah, throw him back into the game. Why do you think this, why does that happen? Why, why do players get put back into a game when clearly there's something going wrong? Wow. You know, <laughs> well, they, you know, at that level, um, you know, that's that, it, that I, I really don't want to answer that because I don't want to. Um, really question anyone's ethics when it comes to doing that sort of thing. Our focus really has been on the youth sport level where more and more, I think um, there's a, a generation of players that have gone through it. Like you had mentioned yourself that can see the, the, the effects of this later on. And we're trying to really make sure that, these kids, these people don't have issues early that affect them later on in life. When it comes to the professional level, I will say that, you know, the EPL, for instance, has put in an additional substitution for concussions. Um, there is much more scrutiny at the higher level than there was. And, you know, that specific instance that you mentioned there, um, I think you'd have to talk to the, the federation and, and that group about, um, you know, putting Mane back in. We all know what sort of a player he is. And I think that that's what we're trying to get away from where a coach used to, you know, hey, my star player, he's got a knock on the head. Oh, he's okay. And try to influence trainers and things like that as to get them there um, back on the field. But, but, you know, there's just more and more education out there now and people know what the long-term effects are. And kind of like you said, al although people aren't heading a, a wet leather soccer ball that weighs 10 pounds anymore, um, that there's still um, the lasting effect that, you know, adults um, like ourselves are having issues. And uh, well, I think uh, you got to catch those early. 
you, you bring up a very fascinating point though uh, about ethics and i i think it's you know the the the, the point of this podcast is, is to delve deep into issues in soccer and i think you know coaching ethics and uh, surrounding injuries is something that uh is often ignored and hidden under the carpet because we don't want to talk about it because it is such a loaded question so i'll, I'll give it i'll give it to guido talk to me about the ethics of allowing someone to play who you might suspect having a concussion and yet, and yet there could be pressures from the sideline a parent going no my kid's fine the kid himself going i'm fine i can play and then you as the coach and it's a big game that you want to win right describe that for us and 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 how you think it's best managed well, you know, you pick the, the money example, and that's African Cup of Nations, and they're playing for their country, and so much is on the line. And, and you know, you see it in the World Cup as well, where, where athletes get injured and concussed. And this is their moment. They wait four years and maybe a lifetime to play in these games. And so there's a lot, an awful lot on, on the line for them. And so as a player, the athletic trainers and the medical staff understand the motivation that the, the athlete is experiencing. Um, however, they're there to advocate on behalf of the health and safety of the, of the player. And so sometimes it's, I, I don't think lines are crossed. I think people try to, to do the right thing as best they can. I think, I think the difference with concussions versus an ankle injury is you can see an ankle injury, you know, and you can, you can touch it and you can feel what's going on sometimes, but with a concussion, it's just different. And you're looking for symptoms that might show you that something actually has gone on. But, but again, Sometimes the athlete's motivation is to hide what's going on. And, and so you need a tool like, what, you know, like a baseline assessment or something that can allow you to kind of look past what the athlete is letting you see. Um, and, and so that you can make an objective assessment of what, of what truly is going on with that athlete. And then I, I would even add in that situation, you know, he is playing for his country, but he is spending a lot more time with his club team. And maybe the medical staff isn't all that familiar with the athlete. And so they don't know all of the inner workings of his personality and how he might respond to an injury and stuff like that. All of those different things make it very difficult to accurately diagnose a concussion on the spot. So are we saying then at the elite professional level, there's more leeway than at the collegiate or youth level? I would say so. Um, the, the trainers I've dealt with, especially over the last, say, 10 years, maybe 12 years, they're, they're pretty cautious. Um, and if somebody gets the bell rung, it's hey, he's coming out or she's coming out. Um, and you know, we're, we, we, you know, whether you're playing in a national championship game or playoff game or a regular, regular conference game, they've been pretty good about that. And, and I think the, you know, the long-term effect is something that we're, we're very cognizant of. And, and I feel like that's, you know, for a coach, from my perspective, is like when the trainer says, hey, look, he's out. It's like, all right, we can't question that. Um, and you move on. And you can't look at him sideways and say, hey, come on, we only have 20 minutes left. It's on the big, come on, we get, you know, you, you don't want to mess with it. And I think that's what it is. It is difficult. Like Guido said, it's like it's kind of a hidden injury. It's not like a hamstring or a broken ankle where you can, hey, you can't run. Therefore, you're coming off. It's like this one's like, well, he still can run, right? Well, let's get through this. No, it's it's not that important. And, and we have to – you know, pull that player off and, and move on. And, and again, I think the big thing about this is that hopefully 
it is a precautionary thing and and they can come back to play earlier because they're they we, we they've done it by baseline tests and they've checked it out and here we go he's back playing three four days later because we we have the correct information that's the goal and uh because you know sometimes even as a coach if you look like a hamstring injury um the player comes back and says oh the hamstring feels good and in his first sprint he does it again you know and so this is something that is similar it's like a baseline test where you're, you're getting some information where, you know, you're not going to say, Hey, sit out for four or five days and come back and check me out. You can go check it out now and, and figure it out and say, Oh, look, yeah, it's a stage one or, or look, he's good. He can come back and play. So I think that the more information we get, we get as coaches and to the player, the better it is all around. Gita, as, as the athletic trainer, um, and we have a lot of coaches and parents that listen into this podcast, Describe what a concussion kind of looks like so we can give that information out there so our, our listeners can be a little bit more aware of what a, what a possible concussion looks like. What, what, what are the symptoms? What are the signs? Yeah, sure. Well, a, a, a concussion versus any sudden injury that's caused to the brain when the, the brain is moving around inside the skull. Um, so that, that's kind of what happens inside the brain. You have swelling, you have bleeding, you can have increased nerve sensitivity. Um, and then ultimately, if you have too many of these, um, you can have changing of brain functioning. Um, in terms of what a parent might see or a coach might see on the sideline right after a concussion occurs, a, the athlete will have a headache or maybe they'll describe it as pressure, uh, nausea, maybe vomiting, the balance problems, visual problems, dizziness, blurred vision. Uh, they feel sluggish, they act a little bit groggy, or they have trouble remembering things, so their memories might be hazy. They, things like what Joe mentioned earlier, they might forget where they are, what time of, of the day it is, you know, the, who they're playing for, the score in the game. These, these kinds of things are, are what we see in the short term um, right after a concussion has occurred. But they don't always present with, them, uh, with these symptoms. And, and I, I've always thought of you know, some athletes, if you remember, uh, you know, boxers that had like glass jaws, people would describe them as glass jaws. Some boxers can take a lot of hits, but they take that one and, and it sort of gives them all of these symptoms and they go out cold. Um, the majority of concussions, an athlete does not lose consciousness. Um, the majority of the concussions that we, uh, that we see, the symptoms are like what I described. Um, and, and they can be easier, like I said earlier, for some athletes to hide them. So it's uh, a value for a parent and a coach to work together, um, especially when the parent knows the athlete better than anybody, to sort of discuss what they're seeing and how these things might look abnormal to that person in that moment. Kevin, uh, over my coaching career, it's, it's, it's long and it's varied, and um, you know, not to, to uh, put anybody in a box, but some, some parents are, are very... Uh, they don't understand the game of soccer. And... I'll get them coming up to me and saying, well, my child's head in the ball. I'm very nervous about this. Is it going to give them brain damage? Is it going to give them a concussion? And obviously, you know, as, as, as a longtime coach, you, you, you have, you have your, your story that you, you say, but what do you, what do you say to parents who are concerned about their child head in a ball? Wow. Well, you know, it, it, it's hard because there's there's my experience from playing and coaching for years and years, and there's the reality and maybe the science behind it all. Um, like I had mentioned to you, you know, 
The balls are a lot lighter than they used to be. Um, you know, I, I'm a huge proponent of us teaching kids to head the ball properly. Um, obviously, if they're heading the ball properly, uh, you're going to reduce the number of potential concussions. You know, I believe that, um, you know. Can you describe I, what that looks like, heading the ball properly? Because I don't think many people know. <laughs> well, it, it, the, the number one thing is where it hits you in the head. And you should be heading the ball on the forehead, not on the top of the head. And I think that one of the natural instincts of, uh, of especially young kids is to kind of duck out of the way a little bit. And then the ball hits them on the top of the head, which, um, you know, obviously is, is not a proper technique when we're, we're heading the ball. I mean, I think back in the day, and I know Nick, you probably remember this is they'd they'd always say, Hey, break the newspaper, right? You got the newspaper and boom, that was a, you know, an old school way of teaching how to head the ball. But, um, I think that although, um, you know, reducing the number of headers and us not, you know, allowing kids to head the ball until they're older, I think also is challenging in that a a young kid needs to know how to head the ball properly. And without doing that, um, you know, and introducing it, you're going to end up having some issues with kids not, like I said, having the ball hit them on top of the head, so on and so forth. So, um, you know, I don't know if that really answered the question. I, it's kind of dodging it because, again, as a coach, you know, heading is part of it. And, you know, obviously in England, even more so here, you know, heading the ball is – it's like kicking the ball. It's the same thing. You, you, you need to be able to do that. Yeah, and Joe, just to add on that, I think most of the time – Jump in here. You know, when you prepare your, your neck and your head to head the ball, your body's sturdy, it, it's ready. But it's the balls that are cleared – aimlessly and it hits you maybe that you know you take one off the face or you take one off the side of the head or the back of the head those are the ones your body's not prepared for right and those are the ones that are probably end up being more the more concussion side i don't i don't think i've ever seen somebody get a ball you know getting a a concussion from hitting the ball properly now they've been hit you know and that's and that again that surprise is is in their body not you know again like kevin's saying the proper technique isn't ready yet right so that's that's I mean I think when you the the, the parent that walks up to you and says hey how, how how I keep my kid away from you know this or that you know again like Kevin's saying the proper technique is one thing but there is some, there's times you're unlucky and a ball hits you you know when you're not prepared for it and that's that's something you can't you can't do much about. So let's let's talk about prevention and 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 more specifically the the, the proact platform. Who wants to take that one? I think I think Kevin's looking. Uh, he's looking like he wants to chat. Talk, sure, talk to me man. about proactive. Tell tell me why why proact. Where did it start? Um, how it works? Benefits? Mm-hmm. Man, do we have three hours. Yes, we do. No, no, condense, no. condense it no. into twenty minutes. <laughs> so, um, gosh. What, the, the reason this started, Guido and I, um, you know, we work at a community college. I'm soccer coach. Uh, Guido was my athletic trainer. We both have uh, kids similar age um, that were starting to get into um, youth sports. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, um, baseline testing has been part of the college and high school level for a number of years now. And once our kids started playing sports, we kind of, 
we're wondering where where that was, how our kids can uh, get that sort of protection. So we basically um, kind of started talking to youth sports organizations about, do you have this? Do you understand what it is? Do you realize how important it was? And everybody knew what a concussion was. You know, we just talked about all the different stories that we have as former players and everything like that. But unless you were involved at the collegiate level or college or uh, high school level recently, you might not even know what a baseline test is, why it's done, what the purpose is and all that stuff. So again, providing. So what is a baseline test, Kevin? So for what, what a baseline test is, it's a, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll let Guido chime in in a sec, but basically it's a tool that is used to, allow the doctor to know what the brain function is like of the child in a healthy condition, right? How the person's brain functions without an injury. So that that way, after an injury, they can make sure that they are clear to play when their brain function gets back to the way it was prior to. Um, Typically, a concussion would affect the way that it uh, affects the brain function. So, so basically what it's saying is that a post-test would then be given to compare basically how they are functioning, their brain's functioning. And obviously you want, before you allow an athlete to get back to play, you want the brain functioning very close to what it was prior to the injury. So let me, let me ask you this. Uh... You know, athletes are, are, are pretty clever when they really want to get back into action. Can you, as an athlete, can you kind of game it? Can you, can you, can you fake it? No, you, you can't actually. Um, you can, you can fail the test, uh, believe it or not, and have to reta- retake. And it has nothing to do with your ability to answer the questions or not. But the 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 test does recognize if you're trying to game it. Um, you know, we, we did, we get a number of athletes that will come in, Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Da, da, da. And we're very quick to tell them, especially when we're doing it in person. Hey, look, if you go through and you think you're just going to push a button that, 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 that it will kick back is not a valid test. So it's, it's very important. Um, and also just to stress of why we're doing this, we try to always, you know, when we're doing this, especially in person, talking to the kids prior to them taking the test. Hey, this is so valuable. Um, and these are the reasons why you want to give an accurate test. And I know when you're talking to a 16, 12, 15 year old, they're looking at you like, yeah, 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 whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's really important to be able to have a very valid baseline so that you can come back safely. Cause I, I will tell you, you know, we've been doing this for a few years now and every organization we work with, there's, there's a horror story about, you know, what happened to one of the uh, members of their, their organization and how they wish that they had something like this, because the, the main issue with all of this is players coming back too soon. And if you can get another impact um, prior to your brain really recovering, that's when you're going to have the long-term issues. And, um, you know, that's why we're, we're really kind of pushing for a more conservative kind of look as 
the return to play, but really be able to help your doctor, you as a family, the organization, be able to come back with that unconditional release. You're ready to go. A lot of organizations like Cal South, for instance, have a policy in place that an athlete cannot return to the field without an unconditional release. It's very difficult to get that from a physician that doesn't have a tool like this um, to be able to, to, to provide that return. So Joe, t- tell me about the kid who goes, coach, I'm good. No, seriously, I'm good. I can play. Well, lucky enough on the college side, you have a trainer there that takes you out of the mix, right? So that's, that's why Kevin and I and Guido have understand that. And, you know, I've, again, being a part of college, I've seen some players that have tried to do that. And, and you're like, hold on, go talk to the trainer. And, you know, I've learned, you know, that that's, that's the end all, right. That you can't go against the trainer. Um, now when it comes to the youth side, it's a little difficult, right? Because, you know, you don't have a trainer there most of the time. So, um, but based on my experience, I mean, you, you, do, you do a field test, you know, you do the field test, you look at the kid, you think to yourself, hmm, you know, it's, 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 he's tracking, you know, you do the finger test, any headache? No, no, I'm good. But, you know, you, you, you think to yourself, that, that was kind of a big hit the kid took. Now, you know, having played yourself, you know that sometimes a big hit isn't yeah. threatening. I mean... When, when, when you're involved in those judgment calls, what, what do you, what well, do you just experience for? for me. And, and obviously I think it's, you gotta, you gotta be more cautious. You gotta, you gotta err on the cautious side um, because whatever game you're playing in that day, there, hopefully there's one the following week or the, or two weeks later. And we don't want this to be a long-term effect like Kevin and Guido have talked about. I think that's where, you know, we have to take a, a step back as coaches and say, okay, look, this kid, you know, this game is important, but, you know, the long-term stuff is way more important and and take yourself out of that emotional decision. And that's why, you know, um, I do think a lot of parents would, you know, agree with us, uh, but they don't know that the baseline test is around until they do it their first time in high school or first time in college. And this is what we're trying to do now is is to educate, you know, the parents and the coaches at the youth level that this is available. It's a great tool. And hopefully it's going to bring your player back sooner than before. Um, but it might it might say, hey, look, you're going to take 10 days off. Um, but at least it's going to give the right information and, and you can and the doctor can make the right choice, the right decisions on, on the return to play. So, Guido, talk to us about the platform. What does it look like? How does it work? How do we use it? Uh, well, our, our testing basically begins with an email that goes out from the organization uh, to the families, and they they purchase the test. They have sent a link out, and they register for the test. They sit with their child as they complete the test in an environment that we know is you know controlled and where the athlete is able to focus on what they're doing. Um, uh, like I said, it, it's a it's a test that focuses on some problem solving, memorization stuff like that, and um, it takes about twenty to twenty five minutes uh, per kid to complete the the test. Then, once the test is complete, um, the the individual, the parents will receive an email with a certificate of completion of the test, with directions for downloading an app, um, and then their personal identif- identification number. 
Um, and then it sits on their phone, um, kind of like a lot of apps that we have on our phone that we don't really remember why we downloaded and, and hope you don't need. And, um, but should a concussion occur, they activate the app and they're able to find a provider in their area. And the really kind of amazing thing about what we do is we're a part of a network of physicians that is all over the country. Um, and a parent can find a specialist um, that you know specializes in concussion management and diagnosis um, in their area that's within their insurance network um, and can get their kid the, the best services that their child needs. Um, and and that's, that's it. It's actually quite simple. Um, I think before I, I got cut off, I think that's what Kevin was mentioning is this is something that's been done at the college level, um, at the high school level for a really, really long time. And it just hasn't been brought to the youth level because there's probably not um, a, enough awareness out there. And that's something that we're, we're trying to do is bring the awareness uh, to the families, um, make a simple product for them uh, to use that has a tremendous value. Now, people are very concerned about privacy these days. Kevin, where, who has this information? Well, the, the good thing is, is there, the results of the test, um, you know, do go into uh, an area that, that, that the current test we're taking is impact. And uh, we administer, oh, we're always going to administer the most reliable tests. But the information that we get, we, we do not have any of the medical information at all. That stays with impact. Um, we only take uh, the information for uh, the basic information so that we can provide the organizations that this person actually took the test. We verify the test. They will get a per passport ID, which will allow access to the test for a doctor, not for us. That we can't read the results of the test. A medical professional, a doctor would be doing that. So as far as their privacy goes, that's between them and a physician, not, not with us at all. And I guess the, the, one of the big questions, uh, cost. How much does, how much does this, uh, this platform cost um, individually, club, team? Can you give us some ideas? Well, you know, what we try to do is um, retail it always around $20, if not less. Obviously, with, with larger organizations, we can work with them as well. Um, you know, we as an organization don't want ever cost to be a barrier for someone not to do this. This is more about us and a mission and getting this out to everybody. Um, we, you know, quite frankly, most people come to us and say, well, why is it only this, uh, this much? It must not be worth a whole lot. Well, you know, uh, for us as a, as a company, our biggest value is in the, the time in which we, um, you know, market, educate, um, manage um, the, the membership after they've uh, taken the test and communicating with the organization as to, again, verifying the tests, verifying rosters, all of that different stuff. So uh, that can be the time consuming part. The actual um, taking of the test and getting that done is is the most important and to get that done. And again, you know, to get these young kids on the right pathway to the correct care, um, instead of going to your general practitioner and going, hey, you know, my kid got a uh, hit in the head 
He was a little woozy. A general practitioner is always going to say, hey, take a couple of weeks, check your symptoms, you know, come back and see me later. Where we, you know, if you've got a baseline, if you go through the network of uh, doctors that we've um, have access to, you're going to get to a specialist that's going to be able to really get to the, um, the root of the problem and give them some specific uh, concussion care. Outstanding. So where can parents, coaches find ProAct and how can they get in contact with you individually? You know, I'll let you take Yeah, that. well, they can always go to our website, proactconcussion.com. They can purchase the test directly uh, from us there. Um, or if they're with one of our affiliation uh, organizations, they can, they can wait to receive emails from them with information and links to purchase the test that way. Uh, so right now there's two ways, directly through us or directly through the organization. Um, but one thing, and Kevin mentioned and touched on this is, you know, we're, we're trying to keep our costs down so that we can go out there and affect pos- positively as many athletes as possible. So we're, we're, we're selling it on our website, but we're preferring to go through the organization and get into as many homes as we possibly can with this thing without letting price be a barrier. And is there any way anyone can contact you uh, directly on, on Twitter, Instagram, anything like that? Yeah, uh, we have a, a Twitter account. Gosh, I'm always bad with this social media stuff. Uh, Proact Concussion, I, I believe, is a Twitter handle. But the best way to reach us is on our website. There's a contact me button in that goes to, uh, to us or our customer service people. And, and, and we, can, we always respond right away. And, and we're anxious always to hear from families. To be honest with you, the, the majority of the input that we receive from families um, are uh, questions about, um, you, know, you know, how to access their information that we usually we, we send to them, but they've lost. Um, but more often it's, it's um, people calling us and, and I know this sounds, you know, sort of self-serving, but it's, it's like, you know, thank you for, for this. We had no idea how valuable it was. Uh, we're so glad we have something like this. And and a lot of times people are trying to help us promote our product and get this out there as many places as possible. But to answer your question, the easiest way to reach us is to go on our website, contact me button, and it comes right to uh, Proact in our inboxes. Just to add on to what Guido's saying there, it's the one thing, again, I have, I have four kids, um, you know, all playing soccer and they played other sports as well. But the one thing I really like about us is that, you know, like Kevin talked about like high school and colleges, we all do that already, but most of the time, those those institutions own that test, and, and the parent doesn't have access to it. Whereas our our product, you have access to it year round because it's on your phone, it's on an app. So if, like Guido said, if you do it skateboarding, if you're off skiing one weekend, you're always going to have access to those results. So the parent for the active kid is always going to have access to those results, and they can always get their uh, the, the correct treatment. For the price of a trip to McDonald's or Starbucks, you can take care of your most precious precious people, your children. For Joe Flanagan, Kevin Smith, Guido Sindowski, I am Nick Webster. As always, you can reach me at Nick Webster on Twitter, and you can find Cal South at Cal South Soccer on Twitter, at Cal South Soccer on Instagram, and of course, on Facebook. This has been The Bear and the Ball. Thank you so much for joining us on perhaps one of the most important things that we sometimes overlook in this beautiful game of soccer, namely concussions. I'll be with you all next week.